following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Having a tough time finding headphones at both of the years oh, work. Yeah, good luck, pal. Yeah, you know, when you have noise in the cans 24-7, they go out at some point. Uh-huh. They won't last forever. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. Hello. David G. Sage Williams was, is with us as well, so the gang is all here. As, well, we come to you after a game last night where afterwards it got a little bit awkward in my opinion. A little bit awkward for the folks that were there, at least for one person in particular. Now, we come to you as well after the Kansas City Jayhawks win the national championship. (laughs) As a K-State fan, I'm not exactly thrilled by it. Now, if you would ask me in 2008 how long did it linger, I was pretty upset about it for a while. Yeah. These days, I you know, I'm over it. You know, good for them. They won the title. Some say they had one of the easiest runs in history to win a national title, which My goodness. I haven't gone, checked out the numbers. Ken Palm, and I've said this a few times, Ken Palm would say it was a very, it was pretty easy compared to a lot of other national championship winners, but hey. Just go through the seedings, even. Well, they you know, beat. let's not forget, you know, four years ago, K-State was the first team to ever play a 16 seed in the second round of the yeah. NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, so, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm a person these days where I give credit where credit is due, you know, you've got to win them. That's it. You've got to win them. But I, I do want to get to the awkward part of this. And by the way, so this is my last show before I take off for new Orleans. I'll be there bastard Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and They're on the rest I, of the I, I understand us. your jealousy. Yeah, uh-huh. I really do. It's I a know. great place. Yep. One of my favorite places to visit. It's my top three real quick. Before you get into your thing, have you checked the weather? Are you that kind of guy? Yeah, so I've been checking the weather for like 10 days in advance. <laughs> oh, you're ready to roll. Yeah, so especially since I'll be there for a wedding. Yeah. And we're doing a bunch of outside stuff. So oh. that's that's pretty that's pretty important. I mean, not only this, but we don't even get a full show out of him today. No, I know. Well, yeah, I baseball. Know. You know, baseball at five, uh, 5.30 pregame here on K-Man, taking on Creighton. Oh, so just going to skate out early. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, I mean. It's, I'm on vacation, guys. I've been tracking the weather since, <laughs> you know, for 10 days now. I have it on my weather app. I have the dial or the, uh, the uh, oh, God, the quick dial. What, what uh, fast dial. What, what am I trying to think? Speed dial. Jeez. Jeez. Ah! Haven't ah! used a speed dial in years, but, you know. Uh, so ah! when I get there, the high is 86, but it's literally mid-70s the whole time. Ooh, and no rain. It's all sunshine. It's probably going to be a little humid. But I will take it for mid seventies. Oh, that's gonna be good. It's gonna be beautiful weather. It's crawfish season. I am one hundred percent absolutely looking forward to this trip. I got a sweet suit that I'm gonna wear. Uh. To, it, it's a navy blue. <laughs> I've never worn a blue suit before, so Dang, dude, I'm, the, I'm, try, I'm looking forward to trying that out. The bride's gonna be a little miffed. You're trying to show her up. It's supposed to be her day, and everybody's gonna be like, "Wow, check the board out." Well, so to make things awkward, there's actually no bride. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. But, yes. So, cool. you understand. Yeah. But, uh, my mom's side of the family, it's going to be a great time. 
Um, we're gonna eat a lot of Cajun food. Oh man, uh, call. yes. I mean, you're down. Uh, drinking last beers. time, last time I was in New Orleans, I've been twice for for WrestleMania. So that's always been a wild time because wrestling yeah. fans are wild. Yeah, people in general. Um, but every time I've gone down there, I made sure to really get into the cuisine. Uh, the sightseeing is is pretty good down there, but I'm, I I think what's best about New Orleans is the food, oh. and I'm a big food guy. If you're a big food person, New Orleans is a must stop. Mm-hmm. It's a place you have to go. It's a must see, a must eat. Oof! And you said you like crawdads? Absolutely. I could never get into crawdads. I'm yep, just, love them. I love all seafood, and they got a lot of seafood off options down there, from crab legs to shrimp, oh. lobster. Oh. Man, you're gonna Troy. Are you, are you a seafood person? I'm not a huge seafood person. That's too no. Bad. Um, th- this is what happens when you grow up, in, you know, predominantly in the Midwest, and yeah. it just I grew I up. I know in it the was Midwest. Sarcasm. Uh, yeah. Okay, it was pure sarcasm. I will tell you this much though. Uh, my sister-in-law, her family is Cajun. You're getting down mm. in the neck of the woods there. That she's from, and my parents have done that trip before, where it I've, gets. Where it got rather interesting, some of what they were eating. I've done alligator a few times. <laughs> alligator is the weird thing oh, yeah. I ate. And I've, it was good. What it about possum? Spe- speaking of gizzards from the other day. Yeah, yeah. dude, no, mm-hmm. man, keep it. I'll, I'll pound beers and eat some shrimp. I'll be fine. Crab legs, too, yeah. I just don't like to fight with my food. And I find that, <laughs> you know, seafood you're just constantly battling. We got... We got food down in. A, but the like, reward is worth it. No, no, we got we got crab legs and lobster down in Miami, and I was like, I I feel like I've gone through something here. I'm you just, you're not in practice. Like if you're struggling with it, you obviously haven't messed with it enough. You haven't had enough practice. Like no, I've done crab legs quite a few times, and I have it down. I have the system. You got I'm, a system. I'm pretty good at it. Cracking the shell, you know. And that's the only thing I can think is I'm probably leaving food on the table. You know, they're probably like, look at this guy. He didn't even know how to eat a crab leg. Well, you ordered- didn't even get in there and get it. Yeah. Because I was all like, ah, whatever. Give me a beer. Right, have your surf. We'll take the turf. We're yeah, good. I'll take the turf. All right. Back to the awkwardness. Speaking of New Orleans, that's where the Jayhawks just won their national championship. But old Mark Emmert, president of <laughs> the NCAA, was there for Goober. the postgame festivities. Goober. And, uh, so there's been plenty of jokes thrown around here, and it's KU's fault that these jokes have been thrown around because of their little pitch to the Big Ten about how how much of a market they play for and why they should be taken to the Big Ten has to do with Kansas City. Well, what did Mark Emmert call the Jayhawks? Kansas City Jayhawks. Oh. Whoops. Now, here's the awkward part, is that you have Mark Emmert on stage with the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas still has five level one recruiting violations with Adidas hanging over their heads. I mean, and we've seen it to the point where there's been multiple people from Adidas sent to prison because of this relationship, this illegal relationship of Adidas giving money to players and trying to uh, hook them in, reel them into the Kansas Jayhawks. Nike sitting across town in Portland going, ha ha. Yeah. Well, you know, Nike and Under Armour have both been accused of this as well. And, uh, you know, you know, if you have a logical mind, you can probably (laughs) figure out there's there's, uh, something a little fishy going on. But it's Mark Emmert that is up there being the awkward one. 
and Bill Self is giving him the old look like, <laughs> you messed it up, idiot. What a moron. And then Emmer did correct himself. But then afterwards, I mean, right after, because Mark Emmer was basically handing over the floor to some someone else to present the, the trophy or whatever. And then after that, it was fine. But the KU fans booed Mark Emmert for the Kansas City debacle. And I'm like, why are you guys booing? Yeah. Like, isn't, if I'm not mistaken, from what we learned months ago in a tweet from Kansas, that basically Lawrence is Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Got that new airport terminal coming, which, by the way, KU has since deleted the tweet. <laughs> the terminal is coming, which, by the way, breaking news, uh, MCI heard that Kansas, uh, the uh, the Jayhawk fans booed the Kansas City Jayhawks mistake, so they're no longer going to be naming that <laughs> terminal after <laughs> Bill Self. It's not going to be Ned Yost. So, sorry. Nice! Sorry, um, that works. Sorry, nice. KU. Not going to happen anymore. But what did bother me about that is Mark Emmert's the up, up there, the one being nervous. It should be KU that's being nervous. But yet we have gone on nearly five years mm. since this case was open and KU still hasn't been officially punished for their violations. Did you notice, though, that Emmert did not directly hand the trophy to self? Right. There was a middleman. Mm-hmm. There was somebody there, else. There had it. to be. Yeah, which is appropriate given that we're talking about Kansas basketball. A middleman is on the on the mark. Um, you know, well, I, as I noted on Twitter on Saturday, Curtis Townsend was celebrating like the bag was full. <laughs> dude, you're on fire today. Well, dude. you know, I, I thought that was a pretty good line That's that day. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. Okay. You win 72 to 69 and keep this in mind as well. You know, the current team, the players, nobody, when it comes to the players have anything to do with the violations. So that national championship, I've seen this comment made a ton of times last night or this morning, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. A lot of it from K-State fans was saying, just wait, they're just going to have that trophy taken away. NCAA is going to come down with the violations and uh, the punishment. That trophy will not be taken away unless there's some other violation that comes up. But, I mean, these violations that were charged back in 2017 that KU was charged with, I mean, with now NIL – those probably wouldn't happen this day and age. No, it, it's going to be the institutional control piece that the NCAA can get them on. And, you know, that that's where the level ones will be interesting to watch and see how the NCAA does eventually, not just with Kansas, but, you know, LSU having just gotten their letter and utilizing that to fire Will Wade. Uh, you know, the, the, what they're alleging there is just as egregious as anything that occurred at Kansas. Now, uh, earlier today, we also found out that uh, Bob Bowlesby is going to be stepping down as commissioner of the Big 12. Um, I, I didn't really plan to talk about this too much uh, because there's other topics I want to get to. I'm just here for a short time. I just want to say that's obviously a big hire. That's going to be coming up. I'll let you guys want to talk about it more later on if you want to. Uh, but that's obviously a story that's going to be going on for a long time. Also, I mean, it's not until the end of the year anyway. So uh, we don't need to talk about it here and there. But there is another uh, discussion I did want to bring up here just briefly before we move on. We're going to play match game. We have number one song of the day. Still so much to come before we have 530 roll up and uh, K-State baseball pregame gets started. 
the other topic I wanted to touch on is Shane Southwell. So I asked the question yesterday to Jerome Tang mm-hmm. about, so I, I don't have the audio, but I'll basically rephrase it the way I said it. So I mentioned the name Shane Southwell and that how it was the speculation with the fans and certainly with us on the show. You know, what is the possibility of Shane Southwell sticking around uh, because he is the up-and-comer when it comes to the coaches, certainly in this conference. And he did a pretty good job in his few years he was here at K-State under Bruce Weber as an assistant coach. So would he be retained? And then I then went on to go and say that the name started coming out on who he was going to hire and who he did hire. And so we all assumed, okay, it's not going to be Shane. We were at peace with that. We understood. But then I asked the question, was Shane ever considered for an assistant coaching position? And he simply said in one word, no. Wow. I was like, all right. I was a little flustered after that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I, I then put it out there on Twitter, and it got a mostly, hey, I get it response. He's going to bring in his own guys. That was my response as well. He has a plan. He has friends. He has guys he trusts. He also has guys with a bigger resume as a coach to come in and take those spots and also heavyweights in recruiting. Shane Southwell is going to be just fine. He is an up-and-comer, and I've said it before. He is a future head coach, but right now is just not the time to re- to retain him. But who knows? Maybe at some point he can come back and be that big hire that was that is an alumni. That's a big thing to do these days, hire alumni as your head coaches. Maybe later down the road that will be the right move for Casey at some point and bring Shane Southwell in as a head coach. You never know. But if they're not going Shane Southwell, I love the work that Jerome Tang has done so far to build up a coaching staff, especially from the recruiting pedigree that Dream Dowling and also Yurik Malagy have to bring to the staff, bring to the table. Love it all. Don't blame Tang whatsoever to not offer Shane Southwell an assistant coach job. No fault at all. It, it's one of the things that happens when you're networking. Let's be perfectly honest. I, you know, you go through coaching changes. A new head coach usually already has in mind the guys that he would love to have on his team, and and usually has had plenty of conversations about that in the past. You know, it it, it will surprise you how quickly a staff can be put together when you've got your guys put together as a list, and right down the list you go. Um, you know, and, and in Tang's case, he was prepared for this opportunity and had his guys in mind and, and they've been stellar thus far, at least in terms of what we're seeing on the recruiting trail. He was a, uh, Yurik Malagy was a guy he worked with already with the, you know, Virgin Islands. Oh, you're t- that's Dowling. You're Dowling, talking I'm about. sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. And Officiated so it's like, wedding. Yeah. yeah and I close. Mean, that's like an easy one. It stinks for Shane Southwell though. I, I mean, it's like. Sure. To be able to be that young and cut your teeth at such a level, I'm. What I'm afraid of is that Shane isn't going to get an opportunity to be in a Power Six or Power Five conference again for a little bit. He's going to have to cut his teeth somewhere like lower level. But I think that'll give him a chance to be an assistant coach, um, maybe even an associate head coach somewhere too, as well, and give him some of that responsibility. The future is so bright for that guy. It is amazing how bright it is. Uh, yeah, I hope he comes back home someday. That stinks. All right, let's take a timeout, and when we come back, boy, we got a lot of fun coming in the next couple of segments. Number one song of the day is on its way. But up next, we haven't played it in a week and a half. I love playing it. Let's see if these guys can do a better job after a one nothing oh. game 
the first time around. That was awful. Match game is up next on the game. Feeling the beat. Welcome back to the game. Mitch Troy, David G, Sage, all here with you. I'm out of here at about 4.50, 55-ish on my way to Twitten Family Stadium. Batcats and the Creighton Blue Jays will meet up for a, just one game in the midweek at Twitten Family Stadium with a 6.02 first pitch. That is coming up in a little more than an hour from now. Right now, it's time to play Match Game. Get ready to match the stars. David G, Troy Coverdale, and Mitch Fortner as we play the star-studded Big Money Match Game. Big Money? Big Money? There's money involved? All right. Thank you very much, Sloan the Jobber. Welcome to Match Game. I'm Mitch Fortner, your host. Our contestants, Troy at my 1 o'clock, DG to my 11 o'clock. Three fill-in-the-blank blank questions. I'll give my answers first, and then we'll go to our two gentlemen right here to see if they match me or not. I am nervous. I, are you, Troy, are you? No. Sage, are you? Well, I was going to ask if I could play. Yeah, Because it sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Sage is in. The more the merrier. All right, so we do have now three contestants. Troy, DG, Sage Williams is to my, oh, let's see, my uh, 930. At my 930. You got my nine? Got my 930? So Sage is joining in on the fun. All right, here we go. Your first question, uh, going to New Orleans tomorrow, be there for about four days. And, um, I mean, of course, there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. The food, the nightlife, of course, the wedding I'm going to on Friday, the celebration afterwards. It's going to be a lot of fun. To, you're going to see some family I haven't seen in some time. But, you know, something I hope that doesn't happen in New Orleans is blank. Something I hope that doesn't happen in New Orleans is blank. Troy's writing, DG's writing, Sage is already writing. Okay. DG, have you still not watched one of the old episodes of, uh, I gave you some homework and have you watched oh, one yeah, of the old episodes, went, G. Yeah, Rayburn? I binged it. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, every noon hour on GSN, the game show network, you'll find 70s episodes of Match Game. I and don't know. Is that on I Hulu I have to watch them. Is that on Hulu Live? I don't know. I don't. If it, if it is, it is, and I'll watch it. Sage, Troy, are you guys ready to go? Troy's ready to go. Sage doesn't look confident. DG. Yeah. All right. I'm here. We go. Again, something I hope that doesn't happen in New Orleans is blank. Well, guys, um, you know, Kansas just won a national championship in New Orleans, and as soon as you know. KU is on the way to the Final Four. I'm just 
begging and pleading, please do not let Kansas win a national championship because I don't want to be in New Orleans and I'm trying to get my party on on Bourbon Street or in the French Quarter and there's a bunch of KU fans that are left over still Uh, celebrating. So I don't want to see happy, cheery, national champ winning Kansas fans having a good time while I'm having a good time. Troy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be a judge's decision. Because it's the after effect of what would happen if he does run into Kansas fan in the French Quarter. He'll get thrown out Whoa. of the French Quarter. Uh, since Sage is playing, I'll have to be the judge. Um, thumbs down. I'm going to have to give it a no. So <laughs> it, was worth a try. it was worth a shot. Um, DG. I'm thinking, I, I got to stop thinking general and think of what would Mitch say. Right. Because I picked rain. Uh, I, I picked rain. <laughs> no, that's not right either. No, it's I'm sorry. Not. It isn't even close. Sage, so do you have I, something better? Yeah, I I originally put hurricane, and then I was like, that yeah. probably. I didn't even think about that. No, so, maybe not. Is it like it is technically hurricane season, right? Yeah, I I originally put that, and then I was thinking about your. KU experiences. Oh, <laughs> I put oh my KU God. Fans. She has it. <laughs> Give yourself a ding. There we go. Oh. She, oh, wait, hold on. Show it again. She just put CKU fans. That's which, that's you know, good. just that anywhere works. in general, yeah. you know. Yeah, that Aggie, is. I, I did see um, a video on Twitter of a KU fan. Or, I'm sorry, a K-State fan in Lawrence, like on Mastery, oh, and like just trying it. to stir up <laughs> some trouble <laughs> as a side. Ah, ah, shopping cart ah, being carried ah. across the way. It was really oh, funny. Oh, no. that what, what were you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> if Sage beats you guys, no I offense know, to Sage. No offense to Sage. I mean, she just, not typically in the sports discussions, you know what I mean? We're going to get more into sports here offense in just a moment. To, but to her. I'm I mean, a, come on, dude. <laughs> All that right. is jacked up. I hope you didn't take any offense to that, Sage. I guess not. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, question number two of three. By the way, it's Sage one. Everybody else is Zippo. Now, uh, during yesterday's show, I did bring this up where I, uh, along with Wyatt Thompson, talked to Coach Tang about the Shane Southwell and him not being uh, asked to be an assistant coach. He just simply gave me a no. And I'll be honest with you, and I talked to Wyatt after the segment, I was like, man, I felt like I made him mad, and I don't want to be that first media member to for Coach Tang not to like. That's just Ooh. not who I am. Like, I'd beg and plead, please, Coach, <laughs> please like me. I'll do whatever it takes. Just please like me. Are you the guy that asked the Shane Southwell question like you knew him? Oh, that I hate that guy. He's oh. going to invite all the media people over to his house to have a cookout, oh. and I'm not the one that I, I don't get the invite. That would another, be terrible. Another one. So please, Coach, I'm a nice guy. I didn't mean anything by it. Hope we're cool. Now, having Coach Tang dislike you would be a terrible thing. But the only thing worse than Coach Tang not liking me would be being disliked by Coach Blank. So let me, re- let me say that again. So it's not, so it, it maybe feels a little confusing there. I don't want Coach Tang to dislike me. And that would be a terrible thing, obviously. Don't want that to happen. But there'd be one thing that could be worse, and that's being disliked by Coach Blank. Troy's thinking hard over here, making a funny face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
EG looks, are you ready to go? I'm pumped. There are so many options. Sage isn't writing. She looks confused. Sage is confused once again. Don't like that, man. That's cool. I'm gonna play with the joke. Okay. Troy's ready to go. Sage isn't writing still. Hmm. And DG looks frozen. I am a little, I, I'm, I'm trying to do two things at once here, and it's really not working out good. You're guys. about ready to throw that computer through the window, I'm aren't gonna, you? I'm going to flip out here. Shout out to Paul. <laughs> Are you Googling coaches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't think too hard. Are you ready? I'm good. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm ready. Sage, I already, I Sage is ready to go. Okay. You can kill the music. So, Coach Tang disliking me, I'd feel so bad about that. There was at one point as well, Coach Mitty, I felt like he was mad at me because I asked a bad question one time. I got over it. We're cool now. We're, we're Maybe we're not boys, but we You're get along, boys. right? We get along. Been to his house a couple times. Um, no, uh, so the coach, I think that would be worse to be disliked by, is uh, Coach Mike Tabini. Because we actually have a relationship that you know goes back to 2016. I called his games for five seasons. We went to a Monday Night Raw together. I took him to Mexican Taco Shop in Topeka, <laughs> and he loved it. <laughs> I mean, right there, if somebody that relationship sours, how are you supposed to even go back there? Yeah, and the thing is, like, I saw him at a Manhattan High basketball game. He texted me. I didn't even know he was there. I went up there. We talked about his stroke and how he's doing. He's doing much better. That's great. K-State's getting ready to have a couple of uh, spring exhibitions mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, he... I don't have a relationship with anybody else like I do with Coach Sabine. Even though we don't see each other all the time, I did see him uh, right before the Jerome Tang press conference, and we uh, had a few words, just talked for a little bit, and uh, that'd be the one I would like. Okay, that'd be tough. Like if I lost that relationship with Coach Sabine, the K State soccer coach. Uh, let's start with uh, DG over here. Coach Hughes, uh, no, that's <laughs> not right. Coach is really good at being like sarcastic. Yes. Um, giving you a hard time, ribbing you. It takes me a while to warm up to something like that, especially if it's happening right away with somebody I don't know at all. Ah. Like first day and I'm getting ribbed by somebody, especially when I'm around a bunch of new people. Oh. It's hard for me to warm up. But I've warmed up now to Coach Hughes, and we're good. And I always ask him those fun questions. He can give me a hard time and there's no issues. Uh, but no, it's not Coach but Hughes. You're the, I mean, if you and him had a bad relationship, how would it go? You be in the PA. Oh, it wouldn't change anything. Oh, it'd be terrible unless he, he told like, K State. Yeah, unless he told K State didn't want me to do it anymore, which huh. it could happen. <laughs> Troy, I went the same direction, knowing the joke, the inside joke, but that between the two of you and your questions, Coach Hughes is not correct either. <laughs> Sage. Sage, you're up one nothing. I think I got the right answer because I did put I put it with a question mark. I wasn't sure. Oh my god! <laughs> Debini, give because yourself. I ran, I ran soccer. I was like, I guess we can put the two together. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't play no more. I, I had I a feeling. Where, so where where is the rig happening here? Oh my god! We've got some work to do. I had a feeling. So yes, well, it wasn't. Yes, that, yes it's rigged. No, it wasn't no. that long ago that <laughs> I'm trying because I. I'm trying to remember when you actually did run games. Because I know Big Steve would do a lot of those. Well, when I started, I started on soccer. And okay. I started ran- running a few soccer games. Well, there games, you go. So. This game d- seems to be tailor-made for oh, Sage boy. Williams. I am really having a great time here. 
Well, <laughs> this is interesting. This so it's uh, two nothing nothing in favor of Sage. <laughs> I was going to give Troy the nickname number two mm-hmm. because for multiple reasons. Since he doesn't have a nickname yet, he's bald. So, you know, yeah. Dr. Evil tie in there. And uh, he, when I was gone the last time, he did number two song of the day, and I thought that was great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but nobody's in second place. It's just uh, you both are tied for last. God dang it, Sage. Sage up two, nothing, nothing. All right, final question. Uh, this is the toughest one. So the number one prospect in baseball, Bobby Witt Jr., we heard this earlier today. He's going to be joining the Royals opening day. He'll be in the starting lineup. He'll be playing third base for the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, he was drafted in the first round of 2019. So, or 2018. 2018? 2019? I believe you're I 2019, believe 18, right. 18. Anyway, took him just a few years. He's 21 years old, and now he's up in the big leagues. So when it comes to the Royals, for me, I mean, this is – my most anticipated debut for the Royals since blank. Now, let me rephrase it. For me, it's the most anticipated debut for the Royals. I'll give you, I'll, I'll uh, slim it up for you. It is my most anticipated debut for the Royals when it comes to a top five draft pick since blank. Boom. All right, Troy's. It was 2019. 2019, okay. Yep, number two overall, 2019. I started questioning myself, and Troy saves the day. DG is still riding. Troy's ready to go. I'm I'm ready to go. And Sage doesn't have a clue. So it looks like at least you guys, maybe if we no, combine your gonna, points. She's going to smash this. If you guys combine, combine your points, you'll be tied with Sage. Yeah, I right. did seriously consider making a Will Smith joke. hey So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever told you that story. Well, no. Will Smith for the Royals. It, correct. I was at his debut okay. at Yankee Stadium. Whoa. And he gave up two bombs to yes. A-Rod. Yes. I was sitting in the I was sitting in left field for that game. Most most Royals fans would like to forget Will Smith for the Royals. That was a week. Nice. That was that was at my that was during my last week at the at the Stern show. Sage, are you, are you ready to go? Okay. I'm very interested to see Sage's answer. Because I know I don't know I don't know if she has any background in baseball or not. Um, well. I mean, I do. Okay, I I, I remember you this, saying something. This so, is where we get the tip off where it's rigged. Well, my whole family is like a baseball family, but I don't follow. She said that before. Baseball. So, all right. So again, the question is: Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be debuting for the Royals in a couple of days against the Guardians. For me, it's the most anticipated debut for a top five Royals draft pick since blank. Troy, Alex Gordon. My answer is Mike Mustakis. Ooh. Ooh. So. Ooh. DG? I had Hosmer. That's incorrect as well. It's Mike Moustakis. Because he, like everybody else in the whole world, was more excited to see Eric Hosmer than Mike Moustakis. But I'll give you a background. I'll give you a background story here in just a second. Sage for the sweep. Oh, it's so weird. I put Moose. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. You, you sure you're not going to Vegas? Okay. <laughs> Listen, yeah, the, this two is of, comical. the two of you are this headed to is Vegas, comical. and you're trying to try and take on the, the card dealers, aren't ESP. you? I'm leaving. 
we I, just connect on well, that level. I got an okay. Clearly. So before we get to Sage and her, why she had any clue of how that answer was true. So my backstory on Moose is so he was drafted before uh, Eric Hosmer, but he debuted after Eric Hosmer. So it took him about four years to get to the majors. But I remember in 2007 when he was drafted, I was listening to the K-Rock Morning Show. Sean, Corey, and whoever's doing the sports at the time were making a big deal about Mike Moustakis. I'd never heard of him, but he was selected second overall in 2007. So I was like really high on I was like, I, I, I'm a big fan of third baseman. And I was like, all right, I can't wait to see this guy play. It was just off the hype. And so when he debuted, I was all about it. You know, Hosmer was up there, of course, along with Alex Gordon. You know, it was really a run of, oh, like, 5 to 08, where Kansas City made some pretty money yes. picks in the top five. Also throw in Luke Hochaver, yeah. who was in there as well. But it's, it's for me, Mike Moustakis, which I always continue to be a fan of his. Even though he didn't, he wasn't the best no. at the plate, but quite, the, quite a great third baseman. For me, Mike Moustakis, first of all, my story, uh, me and my friends, we were very fired up for him to come up because it was like Hosmer, and then he came up, and Sal was coming up, and it was like, we're, here, we're gonna be good. And we were so pumped up to watch him, and he, he, he boom, he's starting. And then uh, a buddy of mine, Ben, shout out to Ben, was like, hey, will you turn on the, uh, real quick, turn it to the San Diego State Air Force baseball game? And we were like, why? And he just begged us and begged us. So we turned it, watched like two innings, turned it back as Mike Moustakis is rounding the bases. He hit a home run in his, his debut with the Royals. And so we're like, you made us miss Moustakis. So angry. Also, I really was impressed with him. When he came up, he struggled at the plate. He was a guy that you could tell was guessing. He was guessing. He didn't know what the guy was going to throw. And he went to the, he took his assignment, and he went to the minor leagues, he worked on it, and he became a masher. Yep. And it's such an important part of that Royals team, those two teams. Um, forever a Royal, Mike Moustakis, a.k.a. Moose, love you. So now we got to go to Sage, yeah, and we got to find out deal? where did that answer come from. My family's a baseball family. I don't know. I mean, they kind of tell me about what's going on in the baseball yeah. realm. Okay, please. Please tell us the trick, how you did this. That, that you I, mean, I don't know. My dad coached for like 30 plus you're, years. You're, I mean, you're th- hearing this it from is her. essentially fool us. Come on. let's. Uh, how did you do the trick? How did you two? How how did she wind up 3-0? Come on. Troy, just because you're embarrassed <laughs> that you just got your ass kicked in match game. Mm-hmm. I, I am. Mm-hmm. Maybe and I, I should be on the show just from now on. The new number two. <laughs> Mitch Fortner, it's been Sage fun. Williams, David G, <laughs> I mean, and of course across the glass is I mean, Troy Coverdale. We have to get our butts out of bed in the morning, so you know, I mean, rock paper scissors. Yeah, no skin one. off our back. Man, listen, I, has that that is a three zero trouncing? Has that ever happened in match game? No. Oh. Well, I'm sure it has, but not from somebody that just asked to play. But can I play? I mean, just the way you said. Can I play? Mm-hmm. I go, that's a mm-hmm. setup. Yeah, right there's there. a setup in yeah. here somewhere. All right, when uh. we come back. Yeah, it was rigged. <laughs> it was rigged. <laughs> it, was, it was too much of a gimme. <laughs> yeah, it was rigged. <laughs> oh, well, I totally believed. I am not <laughs> yeah. even going to lie. I, I could go, tell. I, I think so. I, I wasn't buying it. Oh, Troy my bought God. in when it, the second after the second answer. 
I think the first answer was fine. It was it was when I was getting into actual yeah. sports yeah. territory. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That, the question mark at the end of the beanie sold it for me. Yeah, I, and then it was a it was a convincer for Troy. He goes, "Yep, that's a." I go, "This is real. I'm witnessing a miracle." <laughs> oh my god! All right. Bigger miracle when the Americans beat the Russians. That's on the right. Ice. That's right. Lake Placid over all, all over right. again. Sage, you can play anytime you want. That's right. When we come back, number one song of the day, the game. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down to mighty Mississippi. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans And we caught the bloody British in a town in New Orleans We fired our guns and the British kept a-coming There wasn't as many as there was a while ago We fired once more and they began to run it On down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico From 1959, The Battle of New Orleans by Johnny Horton. Six weeks at number one, 1959. You can probably guess why I picked this song. Yeah, you're go- that, that's where you're going. Uh, 1950 what? Nine. Six weeks. The Hot 100 started in 58. What were you guys thinking back then in 1959? What the heck's going on here? Uh, Johnny Horton and American country music, honky tonk. Rockabilly singer and musician, born in Los Angeles, but he grew up in East Texas. Troy, have you never seen the movie Private Parts? You never sing on air. It's one of the first things I ever learned about radio. So Horton, he, he actually returned to California multiple times, but he could just figure out what to do with his life. So he returned to California, worked in a mailroom at International Pictures, where he met his wife. And then they moved up to Washington and then moved to Alaska so they could go find gold. Wow. And that's where he got into music. He started writing songs and then he returned to the South and entered and won a talent contest in Henderson, Texas. He was so encouraged by the results that he returned to California again to pursue a music career. Dang, this dude's cool, man. Unfortunately, he died November 5th, 1960, a year after this song went number one. He died in an automobile accident after leaving, after playing at the Skyline Club in Austin, Texas, which happens to be the same place Hank Williams made his final appearance. Horton's widow, Billie Jean Jones something or other, was once married to Hank Williams. (laughs) Wow. Okay. He was only 35 years old when he passed away. But he is a member of the Rockabilly Hall of Fame and the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame. The one time I went to Nashville, there's a lot of live music in Nashville, of course, but you hear a lot of country music. There was one bar that had a band play almost every night that played Rockabilly music. I thought that was a lot more, a lot better for the entertainment than I saw just or heard from the country music around Absolutely. Nashville. Absolutely. I was much more into it. Yeah. And they were playing like a bunch of like old country western hits like El Paso some Marty Robbins I was like I'm a big fan of that song so alright Horton 14 albums uh, 3 top 40 hits his only number 1 so the Battle of New Orleans was a real event near the end of the War of 1812 British troops attacked the city 
but were defeated by American forces roughly five miles southwest of the French Quarter of New Orleans. So the yeah. song was written by uh, Jimmy Driftwood. <laughs> what a name that is. Jimmy Driftwood. Didn't he hit the game winner in Hoosiers? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, Troy. That's So... You know, Jimmy Driftwood, he's not too far off from, you know, small town folk. He, when he wrote, wrote this song, he was a, a high school principal in Arkansas, and he also taught history, and he taught this song after loving uh, singing and songwriting, but also loving the story about the War of 1812. And soon, history. he would actually earn a Grammy for composing this song in 1959, and then Horton went on to win the Grammy for Best Country Western Performance. Billboard magazine ranks this song in the top, when it comes to the list of the first 50 years of the Billboard Hot 100, lists the Battle of New Orleans at number 28 overall on their list, and the number one country music song to appear on the chart. Members of the Western Riders of America chose this as a part of their top 100 country western songs of all time at, you guys want to guess? New Orleans. A number, sir. Oh, that's 14. 198. Well, it's top 100. No. It's, it's a 12. This, this is what happens when we both get caught hitting Twitter. <laughs> 79. Oh. 79. Man, this song sucks. I, <laughs> I, no, but it's cool because it's about knowledge. Can I know? just say something? So, yeah. uh, Jacob Cummings is in the other studio. He's going to be the board up for K-State baseball tonight. Is it just me? Or just by looking at him, does he look like somebody that I might have fought in the War of 1812? <laughs> 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 yeah, he, he also kind of looks like uh, his name's Johnny Driftwood. <laughs> he could be Johnny Driftwood, who was the hero of the Battle of New Orleans. And yeah, the, this song's about him. I, I like it. All right, guys. I got to get out of here. Bye. I'm going to K-State Baseball. I'm already late. Yeah. But, guys, I'm not going to be back until Monday for another edition of Wildcat Insider. Uh, DG, Troy, Sage, or Big Steve, they're going to be taking over the show for the rest of the week. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Yes, I will go join New Orleans. You don't have to worry about that. What you have to worry about is these two bozos yeah. just completely ruining everything that has been built around this show. Their opinions do not represent... The radio station. This is the guy who rigged match game. I know. I can't wait. Right? I can't wait to trash him when he leaves. <laughs> All right. K-State Baseball at 530. We'll talk to you later. These two are taking over next. Through the bushes where a rabbit couldn't go. They ran so fast that the hounds couldn't catch him. On down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico.